Welcome to the Harrison Boone Podcast. All right, so Ali from the Daily Mail, Ali Dahl. Hello, hello. Tell me, how does the media work? The entire media, explain it all. Um, we tell stories. Accurate. Yeah. Well, I, I try and keep most things, anything I write, as close to the truth as possible. I think... You've got to have a level of integrity if you're going to be in the media, right? Absolutely. Uh, some don't, but from what I've seen you do, like you won't you won't plagiarise anything and you won't write anything about someone that hasn't been verified. Uh, yeah, well, I always go to the both parties for comment. I'm never going to take... some don't. I'm never going to take um, a random email I got up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. As facts, it's always a matter of fact-checking and I'm liable for everything I write. So basically, actual journalism, even if it is in the reality space, it's still with integrity. Absolutely, and that's the... So like, for example, you wouldn't, you wouldn't take a random message you get about someone, say, faking their own death and write an entire story, expose about it, and then when you get called out for writing that fake story... You then backpedal and say you never said it like that and change all the facts around. Well, I, I think that's journalism 101 is <laughs> to check your sources. I think some people didn't attend on that day when they were doing journalism 101. Um, I, I went to uni for what, three years? So even though some say I got my qualifications out of it, so it works. I paid 60 grand plus for that qualification out of the box. Um, and that's what you learn at journalism school. So let's, let's, let's discuss the elephant in the room. So there's been a lot of controversy surrounding yourself lately with this story that broke where it was reported that someone was dead that wasn't actually dead. 
And then you did the exposing that that story was fake. Walk me through how that happened. Well, there was a ridiculous story that she was dead, that whoever broke the news didn't actually check that they were dead. They had an email, apparently a badly written email. Um, It shouldn't be funny, but it's so bad that it is. Yeah. Um, Saying that they were dead, then they just wrote the story as facts. And to come out and say, oh, I was just putting it out there that there's a chance this person could be dead, question mark. That's not journalism. No. There's a chance pigs could fly. Yeah. There's always a chance. Doesn't mean that you write an entire story about it and end exactly. up on, end up on Media Watch. So that was the best part, by the way. The Media um, Watch was brilliant. Well, unless you can prove someone is either dead and or still alive, it doesn't just affect one person; it affects a whole family. Like, so have you seen the original context that was sent to So Dramatic before she wrote the article? No. Before Megan wrote the article, have you seen the original email? No. Okay, so you've heard from who's told you that there was an email. Uh, I think it was reported the publication. So I'm just trying to fix this. So I don't have to oh, touch it. Completely fucking around with um, to. So apparently, the publication said that they got an email claiming Danny could be well is dead and died in a heavy car accident that was really bad. And I mean, it it's pretty severe now that this hunter valley crash with the bus where people have lost their lives like that that's nothing to fucking joke about it's nothing to get those serious information wrong absolutely those those facts do matter to the people that love and care for the person being mentioned in the article how would she have felt if you know it had been faked this bus crash for example was was not real you know what I mean? Like there's actual real, real world consequences for printing these stories. Absolutely. If you don't fact check them. Well, my thing is I fell for the whole story because I wrote a story or acknowledged the original source because that's what it was reported by this outlet. Mm. And in my original story that I first wrote, I actually reached out to Danny for comment. And that's all it took for Danny to respond to me. And it's like, hang on, she's not dead. Oh, so you actually reached out to Danny herself. Yeah. So even though there's this bizarre story, it's like, let me just check or double check because I'm always going to reach out. So basically like the first step is to check that this is a hoax or that it's bad information that just wasn't done by So Dramatic. She well, didn't bother checking. She just wrote the story. So that, that's that's the doubt. Like I get emails sent through all the time, tips, some about you included, like with maths. I'm asking people, do you know Harrison? In like the top of my story, do you know somebody from maths? Can you send us? So yes, I'm. So basically you get a tip or someone sends in some information and then it's up to you whether or not you write a story about it based on the well, facts, it's, it's, right? that that's the tip. So, yes, we are all tip rats, and it's up to us to check. Like, we don't know if there's a crazy ex-girlfriend that's jealous that you're there's on a TV show that, there's heaps of people that's that trying to get you. You don't know what the reason, especially if we get a tip 
and it's all negative or it's all very one-sided. This person is evil or has done this, this, and this. It's like, okay, what agenda does this person have to be reaching out to the media to, it's always about fact-checking, but, and unless I can physically prove something in a court, you can't go saying that it happened. That's the other thing. And something could actually have happened and I can't prove it. So I can't say that you've done this or said this if you can't prove it. So at the end of the day, every journalist is liable for their own words. Just because some a source is saying something's happened, it doesn't mean that it's true. Right. So people write in, send you tips all the time about people, and then it's up to you whether or not you check to see if those tips are legitimate sources, right? If I think it's a good story, then I will check. Yes. But sometimes I get a ridiculous thing and it's just like, okay, this is obviously come obviously, from somebody's ex-girlfriend. Uh, yeah, no thanks. Someone with an axe to grind or someone with a, Absolutely. Someone with a vendetta to like cut this person down in the eyes of the public. Uh, actually, um, it's funny you mention it. I recall certain situations have happened uh, with me that yeah. have been sent to you. Um, you know, things to do with my ex-partner, things to do with my son. I remember Kieran sent you this long-winded bullshit message about saying I was a threat to my son and my ex and all that sort of stuff, which you forwarded on to me and said, hey, you know, just to verify, I said, hey, is any of this true? Can he prove any of this? None of it was true. Well, And it actually, yeah. it actually resulted in me having to send him a cease and desist via a lawyer because he was trying to get via you he was trying to get slanderous material printed in the media and it was funny sophie my ex did so dramatic's podcast yet another thing that so dramatic didn't fact check where sophie went on about how i got a lawyer involved because kieran wrote a comment on facebook that's never what happened the reason i got a lawyer involved is because he was sending you slanderous and defamatory material saying i'm a threat to my son's life and my, a threat to my ex. When the, the, the ironic thing was Sophie went on that podcast and said that that's never happened. So these fake tips come in all the time about people and it's really up to the journalist to do their due diligence and check that these sources, this information is quantifiable and legitimate, yeah? Absolutely. So I got the email with all these slanderous things about you and obviously I went to go fact check. I'm like, hey... Mm. Um, he had absolutely no proof of any of the wild claims no, he made. No proof, no. And there never and was. There would never. There would never be any proof of that, ever. I, I'm not that person. And that's exactly it. He wanted those ridiculous claims published in an attempt to demonize you and make you look slander like me. the bad guy. Like slander me, yeah. Um, simply because he wasn't happy that you're on moving TV. on. Yeah, on TV, moving on, and like whatever, doing well. And sometimes it's not coming directly from your ex. It's just random crazy people that have an ex to grind or they're jealous of you. And it was unfortunate to hear another lie come out of Sophie's mouth about why I did what I did. It had nothing to do with comments on Facebook. It was, and again, like Megan doesn't check anything. Megan's got a, an agenda and all she's doing is trying to gather information and present a certain narrative that fits her agenda. And Megan's agenda from day one has been to run a PR campaign for Bronte and to slander me. And Kieran and Sophie have, well, mostly Kieran, has provided a way of doing that. And it was funny when Sophie went on her podcast 
she couldn't back up any of those claims. She, you know, totally denied that I was ever violent or aggressive towards her. Um, even when we broke up, it's like probably one of the worst days of my life when she said, oh, you know, I'm taking August to Forbes and I need some time to think and I don't think I love you anymore and all that sort of stuff. That was fucking heartbreaking. And I actually helped her move after that. Like I did the right thing by her. Help, I, I packed her stuff for her and helped her move house after we broke up. I was never violent or aggressive towards my ex and I've been nothing but an amazing dad to my son. So when he wrote that bullshit to you, it really hurt my feelings. And then that's why, that's why I did what I did. I, I had to get a lawyer involved to protect myself against that bullshit ever getting published. And it's a credit to you that even though you have a job to do and get these inside scoops on these reality stars, it's a credit that you won't publish anything that you haven't fact checked. And it's a real shame that there are other people out there that live in the gutter that don't do that. And their entire modus operandi is to slander and drag reality stars in order to try and boost her own bullshit profile. Megan never going to be famous. Megan is never going to be one of these people that people look up to. She's not influential. She's probably the most, I would say, pathetic excuse for a reality reporter that I've ever seen because at least when the Daily Mail does it, they do it with like a modicum of professionalism and integrity. Megan's not interested in that. What she's interested in is slander and defamation in order to try and get more likes and listens. And I think that is probably the lowest form of media. Thanks for your compliments. I, I try and fact check everything. I try not to write anything slanderous or um, that's going to upset people. I mean, if something does happen or you have done something in the past and it can be proven, um, that's a story. But if there's wild claims, I don't think there is a story. Like, you might be a bad person, but you might not have done anything wrong. So unless I can prove you've effed up before, then... Well, you, on the, the inverse is also true. You could be a really nice person. You've yeah. done a lot wrong. And yeah. now, now you're a nice person. you turned your life around. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it really comes down to, like, whether or not there's a story to be told and also how true is the facts in the story. Absolutely. Anyone can tell a story, right? People have made mistakes in the past. So, mm. and what I find really funny, especially with this certain podcaster, that when they're caught out for their own behavior, something they might have stuffed on, I've never heard her apologize for anything. So, no, never. I've never heard her retract. I haven't anything. heard the word sorry come out of her mouth or retraction. Absolutely. Or this was false, mis- misrepre- misreported. Yeah. misrepresented the facts, apologies to my listeners. But where's the integrity? I feel like the Daily Mail does fact check though. Yeah. I feel like calling someone 32 instead of 33 is not like, Oh, you know it's I mean? for, for some people that is a massive deal. Yeah, and I mean, sure, for nuts. people yeah. that are vain, yeah. But I feel like um, if you're falsely reporting someone's death, that's kind no, of a much that, bigger that, deal. That's you were the victim of all these stories. Um, well, not just me, a lot of my castmates were the victim of stories that weren't, I would say, hmm, how do I word this? Sometimes the stories are accurate, but the headlines are always clickbaity. Yes. And so I've seen myself and castmates, both victims of the fact that 
the network, like the, sorry, the, um, the media wants people to click on their articles. It helps boost their algorithms and then they get more advertising dollars. So the more of a clickbaity headline they can put in, the more chance they're going to get clicks and the better it looks to advertisers, right? So I've seen a lot of people fall victim to, you know, um, I saw, I can't remember the specific wording, but it was a headline about Alyssa's child. And it was like so clickbaity and unfair to her. But that that's the beast. That is the way that the news outlets generate eyes. They want people clicking on their articles. Absolutely. And I... But the article was well written. But yeah, the headline yeah, the was, headline's nuts. Well, even yeah. you, you've gone off at me for calling you a love rack. How many <laughs> oh, yeah. phone calls have you made uh, to me complaining one, about that? I had one phone call where I was like, did you have to call me a love rack five times? Yeah. I think like the headline was funny, but then like repeatedly calling me a love rat, I'm like, I don't want that to stick. But I'm not calling you a textbook. What is it? Narcissist. Narcissist, whatever it was. Yeah. So, Megan's never opened a textbook in her life. How the fuck would she know what a textbook anything is? Yeah. So that's my thing. She is, needs to open a textbook on journalism. I think there needs to be a borderline of what you can call people. Mm. And just because it's come from another source, it doesn't mean that you can say it speaking of coming from sources um with all this drama that you've been embroiled in now with megan has she come out and attacked you personally even though you've simply tried to correct the narrative that she got wrong i've never tried to correct any narrative this is this is actually the first time i've ever said anything about or addressed any situation i've always taken the high road and she's come off Excuse me of stealing her stories. It was funny. Um, I remember her saying, you know, it really upsets me that when I break a story or I get a tip and I write a story about it and then other people quote or quote me and then don't give me the credit. But then when the story broke about Danny, she was like trying to stop everyone from quoting her story. <laughs> She's that, like, what, stop it, guys. Don't quote me anymore. I got this one. Like, yeah, I, I, I said, I was just putting <laughs> it out there that she could be dead. I didn't say she was dead. It's like yeah. she will always try and backtrack. And like the original article very clearly had wrong information in it. And it was very vague. There mm. was no source. There was no her family. So I got attacked a few weeks ago, her saying, I put up a, my interview with Danny Wright and I said, oh, thanks for trusting me, Danny, letting the first sort of story after come back from the dead. And then I get attacked by Megan when she's like, no, I broke the story. Um, she spoke to me first. Danny might have spoken to her via a friend, but it wasn't Danny speaking to the outlet. Danny gave her first on-camera interview to the Daily Mail with, you, right? with me. She yeah. was in the vision. Megan's yeah. having a cry and a sulk because the ABC or the Daily Mail stole her story. No, she, we beat her to the story. It, she might have broken the original story that she was dead and then claimed she was alive, but she didn't speak to Danny first. What I don't understand is if she had this this pre-existing relationship with Danny, so to speak, or at least was covering the story. Why didn't Danny go to her to break the story? I mean, if 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 Megan is really on the cutting edge of journalism and uh, media, why is Danny not telling her story to So Dramatic? Who, Absolutely, and she 
Like that in a nutshell just goes to show to me how untrusted she is. I think Danny promised her to do a podcast with her. Yeah. Um, and it didn't happen because Danny didn't like the reporting and the things that come out because that's the thing is Megan will try and get somebody's trust, use them for they've got and will dump them. Mm. Like, yeah, I've seen it happen. I've, I've heard of it and I've seen it happen so yeah. many times. So if I go through like old seasons of maths on her podcasts, Megan tries to do the same shit she did with me with other guys. She tried to do it with Bryce and she tried to do it with Chris Jensen. She got Chris Jensen's ex from the show to come out and put this false narrative out there that he was domestically violent. And now Megan's tried to do the exact same thing with me and Bronte. Like this, this narrative of like that, you know, all of this stuff happened in secret and the network hit it. And, and now it's coming out exclusively on So Dramatic's podcast. I mean, the idea of that in and of itself is just absurd. You've named three people. I can name at least 20. Yeah. And it goes beyond that. You can yeah. not realize that even though like, yes, it's, very, very, I would say it's exciting, right? To have, to, to be listening to gossip first. And it's very, very exciting to be hearing that like the behind the scenes, there was a lot more drama than what you saw on the show. And, you know, using these inflammatory subjects like domestic violence and abuse, it's like going to get more listens and it's going to be a lot more incendiary. Like when people hear it, they're going to be like, oh my God, like, did you hear about this? But the problem is that that's like shooting for these big wins. But if you do it without any actual facts or anything that's verifiable, really what you're doing is you're trying to boost your own platform on your own network, but you're doing it at the expense of someone else's life and well-being. Like imagine for a second that Bronte wasn't completely full of shit right and that some of these accusations actually stuck right imagine that could ruin my life even to suggest that you're violent or scary on set even though he's claimed whether it's true or not i it's think enough, that's right? pretty defamatory yeah but same but again that's that's why enough. megan got a letter yeah. from my lawyer saying like if you want to keep this going prove it in court yeah and that's when megan backed off all that bullshit to left you alone well yeah. to be or- honest yeah. I don't think Megan really backed off. What I think she did was she lent more on Bronte as a source. So Bronte would be liable. Absolutely. So Megan's not afraid to throw her own sources under, under her own bus. Absolutely. And this is the thing. And as we've seen. And Bronte was stupidly year. took the fucking bait. Yeah. Well, what was funny is at the start of the season, Megan was trying to befriend you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah. Yeah. Well, I saw through that shit. I knew Megan was always trying to play nice with me to get my side of the story so she could rebut it. Yeah. She was always on Bronte's side from day one. I got messages from Bronte complaining that Megan would get her name wrong. And that that was funny. And she was saying, oh, I hate her. And then besties all of a sudden when oh, man, you Bron- stop responding. Bronte's loyal to whoever's going to make her look good. Yeah. Well. Bronte's only loyal to her own image. What, what I find funny is you will see with Megan is her friendships don't last long. As we've seen, like last year, she was very close with Domenico and Ella. Oh, now they hate each other. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that with Bronte because Bronte won't handle that. Yeah. 
So Bronte can't handle pushback or anyone coming at her image. So when Megan does it, and I'm sure it'll happen, it's going to be pretty ugly. Season before that, it was like other people. Mm. So you see it all the time. It's just Megan will use, use, use. And then once you've got nothing, it's like, okay, give me gossip about somebody else. Or I'm coming for you. Yeah. It's just like, oh, actually, you know what? I'm going to pull this out. Actually, again, done with Dom. She, I've got text messages of her trying to get me to write bad stories about somebody that she has been dead so against. Why do you and Megan communicate if you don't like each other? Or, um, you, or you're in competition with each other? I, I, I'm pretty good to everybody. And I don't hate Megan. That's the thing. Mm. Everyone thinks, oh, I've got this war going on with Megan. No, she just randomly come after me, accusing me of taking her stories. Like, I understand and I know how hard she works. Like, I get that we all have to hustle for a story, but I think she just gets very competitive. Once to come out on top, you can ask everyone that's worked with her. They all have similar stories. She's come out and will attack anybody that she feels threatened by. Well, um, I don't really hate anyone either. I don't, I don't hate Bronte. I just would prefer Bronte not talk absolute shit about me and our relationship on the show. Um, why is it not good enough that we just had our time and it didn't work out? We both had issues with each other. We can both talk about what our issues were. Why is that not enough for Bronte and Megan? Why do they need to cook up these insane stories of like Bronte needing security guards and needing to be escorted everywhere? And like, like that would ever happen in a million years on a round the clock supervised television set. Like, why, why do they have to make this up? Because in the process, they don't actually make me look bad. They make themselves look ridiculous. No yeah. one believes that story. And there's no proof of it. Like, I was there most of the time. I didn't see Bronte <laughs> threatened or Wouldn't, upset. And none of the other cast have come out and backed it up. Not yeah. a single person. Who are you living next door to? Um, so on the, if you walked out of my front door on the left of me, you had Ollie and Tani. Yeah. And then Janelle and Adam. And on the right, you had Cam and Lindell. And on the right of them was Duncan and Alyssa. And then on the very right of them, I think was either the stairs to go down, the, the fire stairs to go down to the, um, there was a room underneath our level that we all stayed on, which was a production room. Producer yeah. stayed there. And then if you walked across the lifts, directly across the lifts from me, you had um, Melinda and Leighton. And then on the other side of the lifts to that, you had Taylor and Hugo. But that room got changed a lot with other couples coming yeah. and going. Um, it was Josh and Melissa, I think, originally. On the on the left of them, you had Jesse and Claire. On If you're going down the hallway towards the AP room now. Uh, and then you had... Um, who was on the end? So there was a house AP always on the end. And the house APs were 24-7. Exactly. Yeah, two of them. So if there was ever an instance where you felt uncomfortable or just needed to talk to someone or anything, you would go to the house AP. I, I even used them. I was like, I used to go and hang out in there and just watch TV shows and just talk to them and be like, hey, I'm bored. Like in between filming, I'd be like, I'm bored. Can I just hang out in here? Um, Beck and Hamish. Now both lovely. They're like, yeah, chill with us. So if there was ever an instance where a house AP thought someone was threatened or was ever even hearing whispers of something abusive going on, 
the house AP would go straight to the EPs and the EPs would basically get the network to get involved and remove those people. There's absolutely no way you could carry on like that on the set of maths and not be removed. It just wouldn't happen. They've kicked people out for less. Yeah. They've, I've, I've heard that they have changed people's narratives around for why they left the show, but they have definitely removed a couple straight away when there was like accusations or whatever getting thrown Yeah, absolutely. Out. We saw that with Andrew and Holly yeah. last year. It's, it's not my place to tell. I'll, I'll get you to say what happened. Well, I won't you know, say what you know, happened, but there yeah. were situations where he had to go. Okay. So there's a perfect example of where something has happened that was, say, inappropriate. And they were removed, right? Absolutely. Right. Never so, so why, why would him again? If it happened between me and Bronte, and for what they're claiming to be a much worse extent, why wouldn't the same outcome have occurred? Absolutely, and that, that's the thing. If you wanted, if she didn't feel fine with you, um, why would she not say, "I don't feel comfortable. Can I have my own room?" They're more than happy to give you your own room. Bronte has claimed that we only stayed together a short time. Mate, we lived together for the majority of the show. I think um, towards the end, we might have spent maybe a night or two apart if we had a fight. Um, I mean, I, the, I saw you guys the, towards the end. You guys seemed pretty super happy. Well, I wouldn't I, say super happy. Like Our relationship had its issues. but yeah. And I could tell that we were going to go our separate ways. But it's not like we hated each other or couldn't be in the same room or like we're still cooking dinner. And like it, Bronte and I were living in the relationship as it was breaking down the way anyone does in a relationship. It's not like if you have hope that things might work out with your partner and things aren't great now, you just completely abandon them, throw your hands in the air, walk away, go and live somewhere else. Like that's not reality. Yeah. And even though we were doing reality TV, it was still under the same circumstances as you would live out a normal relationship. And the thing is, you don't just get to leave either. You have to write leave at the commitment ceremonies. That's the whole point of the commitment ceremonies. So if at any stage it wasn't for Bronte, she should have wrote leave. I think I think trying to now as well change the narrative around why she stayed is ridiculous. Like she's like, oh, I stayed because you guys don't see that the relationship was really good. And then five minutes later on the podcast, she's going, oh, but he was completely abusive and he'd walk into the room and I'd start crying. It's like that, those two stories can't be true at the same time. Well, that, that's what I find funny even this week after this whole Rupert calling Bronte to go doing a fake relationship, her saying yes. Oh, shout out to Ollie and Roof's podcast. That was very funny. And then she comes out and says, busted for what? <laughs> and then she says, I didn't say I was going to fake a relationship. It's like, yes, you did. Some you people just, just said it. Some people can't take accountability. But the thing is, it ties back into the fact that she was more than willing to fake our relationship on the show. Yeah. And now she's come out and tried to change the narrative around that. And now we have on camera Rupert calling Bronte, asking her to fake a relationship. She's well up for it. And then afterwards is like, oh, no, I didn't mean it like that, blah, blah, blah. Like at, at what point is Bronte going to start actually admitting that she does this stuff? Well, maybe she just doesn't see that she's doing anything wrong. or Well, she's not. She's not doing anything wrong. Well, not wrong, but just... Yeah, I don't know. But what, why, why can't she just admit to what she's done even when it's on camera? Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe she just... And the thing is, Rupert and Ollie aren't helping her by editing that out like the network did for our show. Do you know what I'm saying? 
maybe like the, the edit isn't protecting Bronte in the real world anymore. Well, that, that, that's where I think what I find funny is everyone's true colors come out. So we see that every year. It's like, okay, people aren't being protected by the edit anymore. Friendships are unraveling. Who's, and whose friendships was from this year would you say is unraveling? Oh, I think there's a lot. Come on, I'm not, spill, spill the tea I'm not going to. I think I read on Yahoo this morning. Ali, how am I supposed to get a read, story out of, on the Daily Mail if you don't spill some tea? Okay, I read a story today that um, Tani and Evelyn don't follow each other <gasps> on Instagram. No. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, so. I don't follow Tani on Instagram. I've got nothing against Tani. I wish her well. Like, and if I see her in public or we hang out, I'd be friendly to her, but... Um, I don't need to follow Tani's life. Yeah, but like, you guys aren't that close. No, we were never close on the show. Yeah, exactly. We never Whereas- spent we never spent more than five minutes together. We never even said more than probably ten words to each other. Um, so I don't really like and and I hung out with Tani at the Nova event. Uh, you know the dinner. Yeah, the, the Nova dinner. I was there. All, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> I told you where it was going to be, so you could be there. What was it? I told you where it was going to be, so you could be Which there. one? The, the Nova dinner. You were like, oh, where is it? And I was like, oh, it's at the grounds. Oh, yeah. There. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. Okay, cool. Thanks. Um, and because, uh, it's, look, it's not not as fun if you're not there. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and I hung out with Tony that night and all yeah. that. And uh, we laughed about the fact that I said something to a, media, uh, to a magazine and they misprinted it. And they were saying something about their relationship being completely fake or whatever. But you were talking about um, another couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't actually naming who I was talking about. Yeah. Um. Anyway, back to the point I was making. I love, like Tony. I love Ollie. I think that they're both great people. But I don't feel the need to follow Tani's life. I wish her well and, you know, but I just don't. We're never, we're never going to be mates. We're never going to hang out. I understand that. But you're in a different situation than they are, so... Yeah, they, I think they were close. So I don't know. It might be nothing. I'd be more but- shocked if, like, say, Melinda and Evelyn, who were like B one and B two on the show, if they suddenly weren't talking, that'd be like bombs going off. Yeah. So I mean, it would be a shame, <clears throat> but this stuff, these things do happen. So can we can we talk about Evelyn and Duncan? What about them? I had well, to go with them the other night. What's I feel the, what like you, we what should. I feel like if they have children, we should patent the formula because it's going to be like the best looking children. I think in so the too. History of the planet. Um, really, really like Evelyn and Duncan. I like them both as individuals, and I like them as a couple. But what I don't understand is why the network is parading them around as if they're some sort of a success story when. Really, it would have been more successful if they got matched together on the show and we all got to watch that relationship bloom on the show rather than what I conceive to be wasting Rupert and Alyssa's time. So my, my take on that is if they were hated by the public, I don't think the network would ship it. Does the network have a hand in how the public perceives the cast? I think... Channel 9 ship it based on them both being loved by the public. Otherwise, they wouldn't be parading their relationship on their website, inviting them to events, putting them on their Instagram, on the MAPS official Instagram. 
I didn't see Carolina and Daniel getting paraded by the network last year after they recoupled. Well, I actually see Carolina and Daniel as having as having the same outcome of a relationship. They both left the partners they were with on the show in order to hook up with each other. Now, anyone can make the argument that it was unfair to their partners on the show and what we saw was unfair and blah, blah, blah. But really the circumstances are exactly the same. They weren't happy with who they were matched with and then they found each other and were in a relationship after the show. It's exactly the same as Duncan and Evelyn. Like really, if you boil it down, same thing, different circumstances, same outcome. And really happy for them. Like honestly, genuinely happy for them. I wish them all the best. I'm, I'm glad I can say I'm friends with both of them and talk to them regularly and check in and make sure they're doing well and um, all that sort of stuff. So absolutely no shade on their relationship whatsoever. But I don't think it's it's a success story for maths. I actually think it shows. No, I wouldn't call it a math success story. I think, I think they've created their own success after hooking up in real life. And good, good for them. Yeah, but and they're making for it work. the show. It makes the sh- it makes the production of the show look inept when absolutely they should have been, been, been matched with each other. Yeah, yeah, they should have been but matched. There was no way the experts were going to condone that after. Last year, they called out couples for swapping. For swapping, but why weren't they matched together originally? Because Evelyn wasn't in the picture. Why not? She was cast the same time everyone else. That's a question for the experts. Well, yeah, it makes them look like they're not really that good. Question. Sure. Oh, even um, even my own match on the show, like when I said that the biggest issue in my previous relationship was the fact that now. I have to drive hours and hours to see my son and he has to drive hours and hours to spend the weekend with his dad. I said like distance in a relationship is a real issue. So what do they do? They don't go through the thousands of single women in Sydney and find me one. No, they go over to the legitimate other side of the country and (laughs) I'm not going to say what they found, but I will say that if I said distance was an issue in the relationship, they gave me the furthest distance possible that they could. That they could find, yeah. The actual other side of the continent for a match. When I'm now in a relationship with a girl that lived probably eight kilometers from my house. And now, obviously now we live together, but why couldn't you have found me that? Like that, I, I just, I just think that like people want to put shade on the cast for going on the show to find fame. But I don't think the show really is looking for people that they no, want to match. Not. That they want to match, you know, effectively at all. I think they they match people for drama, and they probably match the other half of the cast for success. Yeah, they definitely didn't set sign you up for to find you a love story. No, uh, yeah, it was never going to work. And as we've learned, they did everything they could to have you on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like while I was on the show, I don't. I don't actually think that I ever really was that deep falling for Bronte, like the more I think about it now, because I'm only going to compare it to every other relationship I've been in. I think that if you live with someone and you go through the stresses that the environment of the show is, you kind of get like an element of like Stockholm Syndrome and like, you know, you're with this other person all the time. Yeah. They're the person you trust and then that trust builds a bond and that bond builds chemistry and next minute you're sleeping together and you're confusing all of these feelings. I don't actually think 
our feelings for each other ever run deep at all. I think that we were just kind of in the mix of the show and the show kind of swept us up. The process of the show kind of swept us up. And, you know, I'm really glad that that's not the case for other couples. Like, I think if it wasn't real for Ollie and Tani, they wouldn't still be together. You know what I mean? I, I think the reason they work is because every weekend they would actually spend time with each other. They would yeah. go out. I would see them. They wouldn't go their separate ways. No. And yeah. every other couple did. Well, I didn't. I would. I, spend, I only saw you and Bronte maybe twice together, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. No. I, and you I saw me cheering. I sort of couldn't wait to get out of there and go and spend time with my mates. And, and like now, my best friend is Gina. I can't wait to get to the weekend so I can spend it with her. So your priorities shift in a relationship that's actually a proper relationship. But I feel like my relationship on the show was definitely the the chemistry and the feelings were definitely being led by the process of the show rather than Bronte as a person. And that's why when she said she wanted to leave and go home, that's why it was so easy for me to pack up my feelings and walk out the door. It was like, this is not real. You're playing me. And I can't, I, I've got to be honest. I said that I had a podcast with mum where I talked about, I felt like Bronte was playing me the entire time. Well, I think so too, looking back at everything and every, I wish some of the stuff unfolded earlier and you were aware of the situation. Do you think the situation would have been different for me on the show with yes. production if the imagine, voice notes? Imagine I came up to you on the street saying, hey, I got this scent from Jess, whatever, earlier. You'd be aware. Mate, I would have walked off this, walked off the show. Give yeah, like, there was a chance... If I had bloody pulled my head in together and I knew what Jess had, there was a chance I could have given that to you before the reunion. Yeah, I don't think Jess was going to – I think that was the, the the silver bullet Jess had for Bronte's credibility. And I don't think Jess was going to play it until she saw how the show yeah, was edited that's, that, that was exactly what I was going to say. Towards herself. If Jess – yeah, was happy. So then- do you think Jess's and that's why I've never I've never reached that you actually said to me, Oh, you should reach out and thank her. And I've never reached out to Jess because I don't think that what she did was with you know <laughs> I don't think she had pure intentions. I feel like she did that out of spite to how Bronte made her look. Absolutely. She wanted to get Bronte where it hurts and she was willing to do that for a quick buck. Yeah, I mean, money aside, she did the right thing for the wrong reasons. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, that's how I look yeah, at it. Yeah, yeah. But I will say this. What she had ruined Bronte's entire edit on the show. Maybe not her edit, but the way people... Perceive her. Yeah. Yeah, which is basically what I'm getting at is the edit of the show made her look like the innocent victim. But those voice notes... Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's like... Yeah. That that's a calculated psychopath on those voice notes. Well, I'm not. Yeah, calculated. Yes, I can't. I'm not calling her a psycho, but yeah. Well, after Megan's called me that about a thousand times, I've actually looked into and spoken with psychologists about what it is to be a sociopath and a psychopath and the differences. And gotta be honest, those voice notes are fucking chilling, and they ring all of the alarm bells of someone with absolutely zero empathy for someone else. Chilling, yes. And, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I feel like uh, victims don't plot and scheme against other people. That's 
and then pretend to be the victim post. I think that's a complete psychopath that does that. Well, my thing, which I don't get around the whole thing, is Bronte's come out and said, oh, what was it? I knew of you, but she didn't know your face or something. Oh, man, that's a lie. But then she's come out and said to me that you guys, you brought up the hinge thing and she acknowledged during the show that, hey, we did spite. Well, you did didn't ma- you did match? Yeah. So what happened? You? What the hinge thing is? What happened was um, when Bronte heard from Jess about my name, who I was, my photos, all that stuff. Jess Jess told her all that stuff over the phone, right? And even sent photos of my Instagram that she got from Abby to Bronte. So Bronte had everything. She knew exactly who I was. Yeah. Age, name, location, who I was seeing, all that stuff before the wedding. That's why she says in the voice notes, if I get matched with him, I'm just going to play it up for the cameras. And the hinge thing is that when Bronte was given my age and my photos, she went looking through her matches on hinge and she also checked her Facebook and saw that I'd sent her a friend request. Now, I'm speculating here. But what I think has happened is we've matched on Hinge because she changed her location to Sydney. We've matched on Hinge and she has said to me over Hinge, she has said, um, hey, I'm not in Sydney, but send me a friend request and when I get to Sydney, we can catch up. So I've, because I've messaged her a couple of times and never got a response. And I think that's why she asked me to send her a friend request on Facebook. That's what I think happened to how, and then so when, when, Jess has told her who I am. She's gone looking through her socials to see if she knows me. And that's why she took a screenshot of the hinge. Yeah. And that's why she took a screenshot of the Facebook friend request. And I think if we got the date stamps of those screenshots, they would prelude the wedding. And it would prove once and for all, Bronte went in with a game plan. Above and beyond the voice notes themselves, which is a dead giveaway, right? Bronte went in there with a game plan to play it up for the cameras. And everyone else watched the show for the show. No one watched the first and second commitment ceremonies more intensely than me. The way she sat there acting like the victim of this guy when she knew full well ahead of time and she went ahead with it anyway, that is a complete psychopath to do that, to sit there and watch someone burn and keep fueling the fire when you had full prior knowledge of that person and went ahead with it anyway, that is psycho. And then to come out afterwards, after you put that person through months of hell on the show, you had this secret the entire time, you basically mentally abused them and emotionally abused them because you knew who they were and you always held it against them, even though you were okay with it. Then to come out after the show and talk about my sexual performance in a manner that's completely untrue, to say that I was violent with you, which is completely untrue, to say that you needed security, which is completely untrue, all of these things that she's claimed, which are completely untrue, that is the work of a psychopath. That's not the work of a normal person. Yeah. But there was also other things. Like, wasn't she talking to Brent during filming? 
I don't know about during filming. I think um, it's look, it's possible that they were talking during filming or that he reached out to her during filming. I mean, we all know Brent is just super desperate, like Bronte, to stay in the limelight. I mean, he's even getting involved in this charity fight that I'm doing. Well, I'm doing it for charity. Daniel's not. I don't think Daniel does anything for charity or anything besides himself. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm donating all my sponsorship money to charity. And I think Brent's trying to get involved to get more hype about himself. Like, it's very easy for Brent to want to punch down on the villain to try and keep that good guy image for himself going. And then trying to align himself with Bronte, who's one of the main characters on the show this year. It just goes to show that how desperate he is to try and stay in the fold. Like, yeah. I mean, that's cool. Like if you, if you want to stay in the sphere of maths and you want to, you know, perpetuate your own kind of celebrity by doing that, that's totally sweet. But like he knows better than anyone that he played his missus. What was her name? Tomorrow. Yeah, all those text messages. And he got a good edit. He got a great edit. And he played her, same as Bronte. Like the two of them are, you know, two peas in a pod. But what I'm saying is that all those text messages that came out about Brent trying to get Tamara to go to final hours and saying that he'd look after her and he was in there with her and had her back and all that sort of stuff. Tamara's leaked all that. That's almost as damning as what Bronte did to me. Yeah, absolutely. And Bronte was playing the same thing with you, wasn't yeah, she, to so, do Brent? Yeah, 100%. So, like I said, two peas in a pod. No wonder they found each other, you know, and, and have connected. But what I'm saying is that... um. For Brent to come back into the fold and then do it in such a negative way where he's like attacking me. He doesn't even know me. He never saw what went on in my relationship. He's just going off the edited version of the show. And he knows better than anyone how you can come across as a good person on the show and really be a piece of shit behind closed doors. He would know better than anyone. So for him to come out and attack me, it was just like, come on, bro, like you do better. Like you're only saying the, po- the popular thing to try and get more clout for yourself. Yeah, what I find funny is everyone that had a good edit on the show has come out to slam this year's cast. Anyone that's been a villain has all been supportive of you guys. Did you did you, did you find that? I found Olivia did support me a lot on and off the show, like yeah, in her own way. Um, but we didn't really connect until after the show. I didn't even know Olivia until after the show. She's. I found out she's been supporting me. Pretty much all along. And it's the same with everyone. I think Olivia's done a great job of trying to be there for people, like with the mental health thing, um, the aspect of the show that comes along with you know, the public scrutiny from the show. Who else? Um, Daniel. Daniel actually supported me on the show. A lot, yeah. I was going through yeah. my screenshots. He had a- yeah, he was saying what a great guy, like, you know, saying I'm a legend and all that sort of stuff. And I appreciated that. Um, I didn't actually connect with Daniel until after the show when I got my Instagram back. Yeah. Uh, what else? Um, but then you have people like, say, Dom and other people that got burnt, it's like coming after you when they know. Well, this is the thing I find interesting about Dom is Dom's like a big personality on her own platforms. So, um, Dom's podcast, she can say whatever she likes. And then, you know, like, I watched uh, snippets of her time in the jungle in, was it Celebrity Survivor or some shit? I'm a celeb. I'm a celeb, yeah, whatever. Um, And she was attacking Carrie Ann. And, like, people came at her for that, right? But that's who Dom is. Like, she just kind of flies off the handle and then I think she regrets it afterwards. Because when I spoke to her, she was like, she didn't quite back down on the phone, but then when we were face-to-face on the podcast, 
she was nice as pie to me. Like she was actually agreeing with a lot of the things that I was saying. I mean, she's been on the show, so there's more context for her to agree to, but she definitely was the lesser of the two when it came to Dom and Ella. Like Ella was very like, even when I was talking about my son and my relationship with my son and talking about how hard that was, she was like, I don't believe this is true emotion. And I'm like, are you really that skeptical that a guy talking about his own son and the relationship he has with his son, you're not going to believe that's real? I kind of feel like Dom was the one backing me up in that situation. Yeah, I didn't like that, watching that, but... No, no. And the way they cut it together was almost like the same marketing maths did with the show, like the stupid music and cutting to, the cutting to Ella's face. And it was like, it was like watching maths again. Yeah, I know, but that's, that's, it's all clickbait. It's all in the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that all the time. Bad, right? I mean, the overall podcast, people saw me unedited for two hours and a lot of people came out and supported me after that. They were like, that podcast changed my view of you. So it's not like it was all in vain. Yeah. What is your role? Describe your role at the Daily Mail. Hi. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a senior showbiz reporter, so I do all showbiz-related stories. Been there for about four-plus years. And I write the stories, but I think with me what was is different and how we sort of got close was I take the photos too, so... I'm on the scene for a lot of stuff. I'm out chasing you guys, taking pictures. So then I'll use those photos to write my own stories. So sometimes my editors will give me ideas. Other times I'm writing the story myself based on events that have happened. So once you write the story, obviously there's an approval process. Like you take the photos, you get the information, you write the story. And I'm assuming that this all happened. Like obviously you're not going to write a story unless you fact check what goes into the story first. Yeah. Right? So let's say you've you fact check, you've got your story ready. What happens then? I'll write the story, fact so check, give, go to my you'll sources. Give the, you'll give the magazine a heads up, this is what I'm going to write about. The website, yeah. I'll write the story, send it off to my editors, usually go to sources for quotes. And that's a mix of different people. It's cast members, especially when you go to a distorted uh, cast member for information the information might not be as accurate as yeah like the cast member is obviously going to want to exaggerate certain things and you, you have yeah. an idea of where the information is coming from based on what they remember can i ask um objectively speaking like i know we have a, a friendship but objectively speaking when you would come to me and ask my side of a story did I ever provide anything that happened that wasn't factually accurate? No, I, the thing that I respect and I love about you is you're brutal, but everything you have said is straight to the facts. Yes, you might twist something to be in your favour, but it's, you've never lied. You're, everything you've said actually happened, and that, that that's what I appreciate. It's You're not out there trying to defend yourself. It's You've got... A reason or explanation of everything you do and have said or done. You take accountability of everything you've done. It's like, hey, Harrison, did you do this? <laughs> it's like, yes. Well, I, it's, you're not trying to find an excuse for doing something. It's like you own your behavior. Well, I always found it interesting um, coming off the show, that word accountability used to come up a lot. And people would say to me, oh, you know, take accountability for your behavior. 
And I always found that super like perplexing and interesting because how can I take any more accountability for something we've all as a country just watched in high definition? Like, I can't say that it didn't happen. I can't say those words didn't come out of my mouth. I can't say that I wasn't in the room at the time. Like, I, I can't deny what we saw on the show. And I've never said, oh, I never said that when I clearly said it. All I've tried to do this entire time is provide. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Context to why those things happened. Why I said what I said. Why I did what I did. For example, um, you know, the whole idea of gaslighting Bronte. I don't think that there's ever been a time in history where someone's gone on a reality show and the person they were matched with or across the room from or having a conversation with, where the network has edited out so much of the context in order to paint a very, very skewed bias narrative. I've, I've never heard of it and I've never seen it until my season of Married at First Sight. Yeah, I agree with you. My relationship with Bronte was edited so one-sidedly. And ironically, if Bronte had shut her mouth after the show had aired, it would just be me pissing into the wind, trying to defend myself and say, here's the context. Bronte's come out and said a lot of the stuff that I said happened. Like, she's admitted that we had a conversation the day of the commitment ceremony and I told her I was writing leave. Like, if she didn't admit that, I'd be fucked. The fact that she admitted it shows that what she did on the show was actually gaslighting me. Just her admitting that shows that she gaslit me. She gaslit the audience. She gaslit me. And the network, shame on the network, helped her do it. Why not show me talking saying, I told you I was writing leave. A text message I sent three days ago is irrelevant. I told you I'm writing leave. This this relationship is shit. It's not what I signed up for. I want to go home. Why did the network not show me saying that? Well, they always cut, cut it out, and that's that's what I mean with you. you. It happened worse in your season because it was the same thing with Alyssa and Duncan. You only saw one side of the story. Yeah. We didn't see a full fight that you ever had with Bronte. We saw maybe you snapping at her. We didn't see what she had to say or what, what caused the whole conflict. 
what do you think would have happened if the network had shown? So like it, I've told you about when she had that mental flip out at the go-kart track, I've told you about the fact that I, how I like told her I wasn't attracted to her at the time. I was hoping we could get back there like a week after, not a week, but like four days or whatever after we slept together. Like if the network had shown the progression of the story and why it was falling apart, how do you think me as a character or the show would have gone for us? As I told you, like, well, as I thought, your edit could have gone either way. I really believe that she would make a better surprise villain in the end as they did to Olivia. I thought that was the way it was going to go based on her behavior, based on all the things that happened between you guys. I thought no way they can't hide the stuff that's happened. How can she get away with that? Well, it's funny. Um, I went back through my emails to an email I sent Alex and Molly, the executive producers of my season, and uh, Bronte actually referred to this in a podcast she did. And it's true, I, I wrote the email. And I, I never wanted them to show the, the things. I never wanted them to cut the story against her. Like, that's not why I sent the email. I sent the email because when we went to the reunion and we watched our relationship back, they had already done that gaslighter edit in the reunion reel. Like they'd already cut these things out and things Bronte has admitted happened. So that it's not like they, it's not like I'm talking shit and making things up. Like Bronte's admitted these things happened. So they've cut these things out. We only watched like maybe a five or 10 minute video somewhere in there of our entire relationship, the three month journey on the show. And I remember watching it going like, why did they cut that from the argument? Why did they cut this from the argument? Why? All the things that we saw on maths, just maths was like slightly longer, obviously, because they couldn't, they showed us the highlights of the season rather than each episode. Is yeah. what I'm trying to say. And I was like, why didn't they show me saying I might leave? Why didn't they show, um, you know, this or that? And then one thing I found really interesting was the breakup scene where Bronte walks out at the dinner party at the reunion. They did show me like basically going, yeah, sweet. Like I'm cool with us being over. Like sweet, you know, best of luck. And even that on the final edit of the show, they'd cut that out and they just sort of show me sitting there quietly, just absorbing what's happening, which isn't accurate to the storyline. So for our highlight reel, they cut so much out. And then for the show, they cut even more out of our relationship. So you sent this email. What what we what was in the email? I missed the podcast. Um, I'll pull up the email. Tell us a story to cover the gap. Go on. <laughs> um, what do you want to know? Who was your favorite cast member this year and why was it me? I think I what I like about you is I no, think No, I'm kidding. I don't totally No, know I'm just saying I'll just explain Who? why I like you cuz a lot of people don't understand. Okay. Okay. During filming, you were, I think, the hardest to break. Or I'd say hello to you and you're like, hi, I'm not talking to you. I'm not allowed to talk to you. Oh, I was the hardest for you to get to talk to. Yeah. Well, you just to try and get anything out of you, to be honest. I would literally say hello. You'd be like, at the start, you didn't even say hi back. You're just like, I'm not, talk- I'm not allowed to talk to you. And then... My thing is I wasn't even trying to get anything out of you. I was just saying hi, just to say, you know, I'm a friendly person. I was like, 
And remember during filming, there was one moment you were having a, you stormed out of that hotel angry and you asked me to go, hey, can you not? And I left you alone. Yeah, I that day? That. Yeah. You weren't, you weren't trying to be a pap that day. You were actually trying to be more of a friend. I could clearly see you distressed. And that was my thing of like. No, you're a good person. My thing is I'm trying not to like push the, the limit. Be, it's yeah, just yeah. like, all you have to do is say, hey, I'm not in a mood. And I like move on to the next person. I'm I, not- think, I think we all knew you had a job to do, but the EPs are definitely like, don't talk to Ali. Like, don't trust Ali. And the ironic thing is the inverse is true. I should have been not trusting the EPs and talking to you. I'm not saying don't trust. No, they you know, say not to trust I you. understand that. Thanks, thanks. And I'm glad we always get – I think I've always got there in the end. Um, this do, you wanna, year I got there. do you want me to read this email to you? If you need to, yeah, because I have. I don't, I don't know about the email, so I'd love yeah, to so hear this, what you told this them. This was sent on the 19th of December. So this would have so, been after the reunion. Yeah, like probably a day or two after the final CC with the experts where we watch our relationships back. And I think the reason – our CC with the experts wasn't shown and other couples what were is that I just I did take accountability like I watched I watched the video and I was like yeah there's behavior in there I'm not proud of and if I had my time over again I'd do things differently and John said to me what would you do differently and I was like well I didn't listen to Bonte like she had all these problems and concerns and I just didn't listen to her you know I just Look, it stemmed from not trusting her, but you know, I said to John, I was like, you know, I just didn't listen. I was selfish in the relationship, and I, that's a that's a regret. And um, and he asked me again because it came up again. His line of questioning came up again from something he'd asked me earlier in the season, and he said, "How are you not perfect?" And I said, "You know, I'm so I'm I've been selfish in this relationship. I've made mistakes. I haven't listened." Every time Bronte's been talking, I've just been thinking about my comeback. I haven't actually been listening to her talk. And I should have, and I should have cared how she felt. And that's a regret of mine. And for that, I'm going to take that, you know, I'm sorry to Bronte and I'm going to take that on in my next relationship and not do that again. And like I was showing personal growth, all of the things that people were asking of me, I did at that final commitment ceremony. And then when the, when the pressure was put on Bronte, cause I said, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm only 50% of this relationship. And I can only take accountability for my half of the relationship and my behavior. And that's when the experts pivoted and they went on to Bronte and she just melted. Like she just fucking went off her brain. She started like shouting, I'm a narcissist, like calling me a narcissist over and over and over again. And I said like, that doesn't explain anything. Like calling me a narcissist doesn't explain why our relationship didn't work out. And I said to her, what is a narcissist? And she's like, don't change the subject. <laughs> she told me not to change the subject. <sighs> madness this is all stuff you've heard before but the listeners it is probably, the listeners probably it just it, so. but I, I know it happened so it is funny all right do you want to hear this email yes yeah. um hi alex and molly i really feel like the edit was completely biased towards bronte there was a lot of missing context as in watching us go to perth you couldn't really see why i was calling bronte out at all There was a lot of arguments where it seemed as if Bronte was giving an answer and I was really questioning that beyond the answer and it looks like I was intentionally trying to make her look bad. We didn't see a lot of context regarding why I was questioning her. The edit didn't show any of the times Bronte has made a comment and then retracted it or changed her mind at a commitment ceremony. 
It only showed Bronte defending me to the girls. It doesn't actually show when Bronte tells the girls that I'm a manipulator and then takes it back at the commitment ceremony the next day. It doesn't show any of the context behind Bronte saying we weren't intimate at the couple's retreat when we were. It just seems like the entire edit was completely biased towards Bronte's favour and didn't really show any fairness towards what I was saying this entire time, nor does it show Bronte admitting to a pattern of lying behaviour. I have a concern this will be the viewpoint of our relationship and doesn't show in fairness what transpired between us. I was just wondering why we only saw these particular instances without context. Looking, for, looking forward to your response. Now, Alex and Molly never got back to me about this email. They never responded to my email. They so where did it go from there? Their response was the show. That was their response. I think their defense has always been where you don't have time to put turn it into a bloody two-hour show and it, that's why they need to remove certain things. But my theory but if is... you have time to film the show, you have time to show it properly. I just feel like this year they could have been more fair. There's very strong-minded personnel, well, an agenda for everybody. I feel like they've pre-planned your storyline. There's no changing sort of things. I think some certain things surprise them. But a lot of things surprised them this season. Taylor's letter that explained a lot of the way, the reasons, the, the way she acted, why she was so distant to Hugo without she didn't without going into it. And they don't see that. And I think them showing that would have changed people's perceptions of Taylor. So them taking out certain things of the story or not showing it, sorry. Taylor's lovely. Yeah. I think um I think reading that email actually unfortunately conjured up a lot of things that I'd actually forgotten about. So one of the main reasons for why Bronte and I went back to shit again so quick was Bronte was going around telling the girls that I was emotionally manipulating her. That's why at the couples retreat all the girls were telling her, no, he is, he's doing this, he's blah, blah, blah. And then at the following commitment ceremony, Bronte took it all back. She's like, I ha- she, she stated in front of the entire group and the experts, she said, I have never felt manipulated by Harrison. She said it. So why were you going around telling all the girls that I'm a manipulator if you've never felt manipulated? Like, do you understand how that is really, really hard to trust someone that does that? Like, I don't understand why they couldn't show that. Yeah, why, why not show that? It makes perfect sense to why I'm freaking out. Wasn't there almost also the comments about the whole sex thing? That Yeah, so Bron- Bronte's tried to claim that um, I was sexually exploiting her and talking about our sex life, and it's just such bullshit. It's just, again, that's just Bronte and Megan trying to weave a narrative. The actual fact is we talked openly about our sex life on the show. Bronte was well up for it. Well up for talking about our sex life. We bragged about how good the sex was at, at a certain time on the show. Um, so it just makes all of this story about my performance in bed seem more fake. Like if our sex life is great, then how can my sexual performance be bad? You know what I mean? Like just I, th- I think people are starting to see Bronte for the walking contradiction that she is. Well, I'm glad they are. Me too. Yeah. I just... You know, I just, I wish her all the best, but I don't understand why she's got to do that to herself. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing is these people are doing it to themselves. Like, her doing that tell-all podcast was probably the best thing 
Oh. Worst thing she ever did, but best yeah, thing. Best thing for me. For, because that's the thing is she acknowledged a lot of the stuff. And that t- I've been saying. Yeah, absolutely. Look, she puts her own spin on it, fine. Yeah. But at least she's, like, her acknowledging it shows that it happened. She didn't come out and say you're a liar. No, she's never actually disagreed with anything I've said. Yeah. She's never said that I've lied about a single fucking thing. But the to answer your question, the um the comment about our intimacy, and you saw it at um at the at the homestays with her and Kira. That conversation went for about fifteen minutes, but you only see like maybe two or three minutes of it on on the screens. And so the conversation that was transpiring was Bronte was trying to claim that we weren't intimate at the couple's retreat. And Bronte's reasoning for this is that we didn't have I don't I don't I can't I don't know if I, how I can go into this without talking about our relationship in a very graphic way. So um anyone that doesn't want to hear this, just turn out now. So the truth is and you know, again, I'm not going to exploit Bronte, but if Bronte's going to go to so dramatic and say that I'm a two-pump guy and all this sort of bullshit, then I'm I'm not really going to, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I kind of feel like I can actually set the record straight about what actually happened between us. I think that's, am I am I entitled to that? Um, Is that fair? You, you can go into deep, well, yeah. If I keep it, like, sort of on the surface, is that acceptable? Like, can you talk well, on the so surface about your relationship? We, we had dinner. Like, where's the ex- line? You, you explained that there was a lot of, speaking out loud, you said that you guys had a lot oh, of I sex. I've got it. I've got it. I've got how I so can you explain guys, this. I know I've you- got how I can explain this now. All right. So, because I, I want to I wanna tread the line between being respectful about the fact that we still did have a relationship, but also telling the story. Yeah. Right? So- what happened was we were really good up to the couple's retreat. And when we went away on the couple's retreat, we were at the peak of our relationship. And Bronte tried to claim that when the comments got made about emotional manipulation and manipulation, I pulled back from the relationship. That's not true. I only pulled back at the, well, to say that it's not true. I didn't stop being intimate with Bronte. I just stopped public displays of affection. I felt uncomfortable in front of the group, like being overly because i'm an affectionate guy and it made me feel uncomfortable to show affection to her publicly because when i found out that she was the one saying it it was really bad for me i was like why would you say that about me that's why she took it back at the next commitment ceremony but i didn't pull back from her behind closed doors we were still what i would call sexually intimate so whilst i was angry about it and upset and all that sort of stuff i didn't pull back from her entirely. I just pulled back as anyone would. I was reeling from the information that I was being given by her and the group. But we were still sexually intimate. Now, before we left for the couple's retreat, it was that time of the month. And so we still were sexually intimate. I'm not going to go into details about how, but just because we didn't have... Uh, what I would call sexual intercourse, like penis-vagina sexual intercourse, doesn't mean that we weren't sexually intimate. And then when we went to the couple's retreat, we were sexually intimate again. When we got back from the couple's retreat, all of this came crashing to a head. 
the fact that I'd heard Bronte was calling me a manipulator, the fact that I was starting to not trust her about whether she was really serious in the relationship, the fact that I didn't believe that she really wanted to move to Sydney, which she still hasn't done. It's been, what, six six months since the show filmed? She still hasn't moved to Sydney like she said she was going to. Uh, and quick side note, she announced to unanimous applause at the reunion dinner table, she announced that her and her sister were moving to the Gold Coast. So I'm kind of confused at Bronte where she's actually going to wind up because it's the story's always changing about where she's going to live, but moving forward. Um, that's why when we're going to that commitment ceremony and she admits that she has never felt manipulated by me and then tries to claim that I broke up with her over text message when that's not what happened. Like just all these things, our relationship was just, it was a fucking mess. Yeah, It was one big fucking mess. Right. And I was just exhausted by it. I just didn't want to pick up the pieces anymore. And I was tired of fucking healing from the knives Bronte was sticking in my fucking back. And I was just over it. And I just didn't want to be there anymore. And then, you know, you've got all this pressure from production, like, oh, you know, they'd say, oh, you know, you've had these, you know, fights with people and, you know, people have come at your relationship. If you leave now, it's going to look fake. And you called Claire out for being fake. And now if you leave, you'll look just as fake and blah, blah, blah. And so they get in your head, you know, they get in your head. And I just, man, I was like, just for a second, put yourself in my fucking shoes. You're in it on a TV show being filmed all the time. And you're matched with this person that's doing this to you, this shit. Like the average person would be jumping off the balcony. Like I, people can people can point fingers at me all they want, but I'm super proud of the fact that I went through all that shit and came out the other side of it. And I haven't, you know, lost myself in the process. Absolutely. If you're getting caught a gaslighting narcissist in a real life relationship, you're not going to be sticking around. No. So you did stick around for for that. So yeah, it was. I think you'd done the best you could. I think, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I watching that back, I'm like, I'm surprised you didn't leave earlier. But they, there is other factors to consider and other things, and you do get tied into it all. I think the reason I didn't leave earlier was because. And my mum can attest to this, is that I was I was genuinely in it. Like I wanted the relationship to work. And the hardest part was finding out that Bronte wasn't. Like the only reason she wrote Stay was to stay on the show. She couldn't have given two shits about me. So yeah, it's just it's just it's just fuck, man. It's just a really negative experience to relive. I feel like I had a conversation with her during filming. Um and she actually said, when I discussed you sticking around, she said something along the lines of, mum, raise no quitter. Actually, I might even have a DM from her saying that. So, because I'd be like, oh, no, I didn't see you today. Hope you're still here. And that that was her response. So, Yeah, I mean, she had says nothing a lot to- of things to a lot of people. I remember um, at that Nova event that I was telling you about before, Claire pulled me aside and said, you know, I just want you to know that what happened, like why the girls were calling Bronte out at the couples retreat. Because we got a lot of what we saw on the show wasn't really what happened between the girls and Bronte. The girls were actually like they they edited it to make it look like Bronte was sticking up for me and then 
the girls weren't buying it. But they never showed the reason why the girls weren't buying it and what they said to Bronte as to why they weren't buying it. And one of the things Claire said to me was the fact that she called Bronte out for faking the relationship. And the reason she gave for why she called Bronte out for faking the relationship with me was that she said, you said Harrison is just a walking, talking dollar sign to you. That's what Claire said to Bronte. And then Bronte's like, yeah, but you know, you know, we've moved past that and blah, blah. I never knew any of this. I never knew any of this. You know, uh, Sandy was like, no, I don't buy it. I don't buy it because um, you've got an app on your phone where you're counting down the days to the end of the experiment. You can go back to Perth. She's like, I don't think you're really in this with Harrison. Like, and the girls are all calling you out for being fake. But that that is Bronte's theme yeah. in life is being fake. Saying things, taking them back, double speak, entendres, innuendos, like. Well, what I've picked up on is anyone that I have seen or heard from that's been friends with Bronte hasn't lasted. Like, look at Claire now. Then they're, they're not. She's not no longer on talking terms with Bronte. Look at Jess. Look at other people. I've had messages from Bronte's former friends. Like. It seems to be an ongoing pattern. Yeah, she was surprised at my wedding that I've got, like, friends of 15 years there. And all of her friends were, like, a year or two that she'd been friends with them. And I find that odd for a girl to not have friends that she's been friends with for a long time. Like, because normally women are much better at cultivating long-term friendships than men are. And, yeah, I just found that kind of odd and... I. Like the writing's all over the wall now as to why. Like, how could you be friends with someone like that? I, I, I really genuinely hope like that she changes and that she, like, I, I wish her well, genuinely. Yep. But yeah, it doesn't stop the fact that she hurt me. Sorry. Look, it is what it is. Yep. Just part of my experience now. But uh, yeah, like, I just feel like, you know, we, she doesn't need to keep saying what she's saying in the media. Like, she doesn't need to keep doing these bullshit podcasts and making up this shit about me. Yeah, I, I don't get that either. The truth's just as exciting, just as entertaining as the lies. It probably more so. Like, because at least, at least we can agree on the truth. Like, the two of us can agree on the truth. We can agree that the relationship was toxic at times. We can agree that it wasn't perfect. You know, you saw it. You watched us. That was my thing is I didn't want to entertain this ongoing sort of feud. It's just like, okay, we know it didn't work, but move on. Mm. For her to come out and do a six-hour podcast slamming you, I thought that was not cool. Yeah. Yeah. And to make up, like, to make up entire conversations is a bit shit as well. Well, she even said that she had conversations with me that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she did that all through the podcast. Like, I'll give you an example. So... She tried to change the narrative around when I was talking about Melinda and um, said some not nice things about Melinda in the heat of the moment. Bronte laughed at it. Bronte was like all for it, right? And then on the podcast has tried to like reframe that conversation as if she then she then told me off, stuck up for girl power, but it just was never shown. Like that never happened. Bronte fucking hated Melinda. Bronte hated a lot of people on that show. Like, she talks shit about everyone. So 
to sit there and pretend like she like all of a sudden just snapped into girl power mode after laughing at it. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. If you're really that offended, you wouldn't have laughed at it in the first place. Yeah. No, I, I get just, it. Just, man, she just, nothing's real there. There's nothing real about her. You have me now, though, so moving yeah, on. Yeah, I'm happy now. Yeah, I'm happy now. Um, person I'm with now would never do shit like that. Like, I just wouldn't be with someone like that ever again. Like, and I'm, I don't really see myself as ever having been with her in the first place. I feel like we got matched on the set of a TV show. So we both kind of just got what we got, you know? Yeah. You definitely, I think, were together for the drama. You think we got matched for drama? And there would be no show without you, as, as we've seen. You think we got matched for the drama? Absolutely. Think, yeah. I mean, how could you match someone from Sydney with someone from Perth? And the distance and the trust being the biggest deal breakers in a relationship for one of those people and then match them together. That doesn't make sense. Like, why not pick from the thousands of single women in Sydney? I think you just both look good on camera. Both were fiery. It's no secret that she's been auditioning for other reality shows, Love Island, among other star uh, shows, got rejected and was happy to jump on maths bandwagon. Would she be too old for Love Island? Now she is. Yeah, isn't Love Island like it was early a few 20s, Yeah, it would have been 20s. a few years ago. What would be your advice for next year's cast? I'm sure they're going to listen to this. Um, yeah, otherwise I'll be sending it to them. <laughs> um, <laughs> You remember how we met? I met you at your wedding day, and remember how guarded you were. And my you, thing you is, want to play ball with production initially. You feel like that's your safe space. Yeah, and they definitely do a good job of talking shit about you and other other news outlets that cover the map, the, the show, right? Well, yeah, but I think a lot of people don't understand how much I play into the narrative of. From the second you get announced, sorry, I'm leaking the announcement, remember? It's your wedding, your Harrison Boone, the show. Um, all of it and even the write-ups of the sh- like shows, I'm doing it all. But you don't realise that when you're at Sky Suites, you don't understand that the media or the guy sitting on the gutter on the other side of the road, not control it, but just ha- has a say in helping or reporting of what happens i just think keep an open mind uh what's your take on what it would all? my advice be for the cast yeah look just just go through the process and just be yourself but don't don't have any don't have any misconceptions that you're going to get treated fairly the network isn't in the business of treating people fairly the network is in the business of they will follow the storyline of whatever the best story is. So you can be a great person, but if you say, I have a child too many times, or you have an argument and they like one person better than you, you're going to get the shitter end of that edit. Like that's just a fact. Like there's so many people on my season of maps that got unfairly portrayed. Like there's, um, I still stand by Taylor. I don't think she did anything wrong setting boundaries with Hugo. Like, really, if you watch the show objectively, that's what she did. She's like, I don't feel comfortable being intimate with you yet and showing affection to you. And so I'm going to move at my own pace in this relationship. 
And I'm so just absolutely puzzled as to why women weren't supporting that. Absolutely. And Taylor is one of the nicest people I've ever met. So you'd be a good person and get a shit edit. I think you just, if you're going to go on the show, go on there and focus whatever you want to get out of it and just leave your, you know, preconceived notions of getting a, you know, seen in a, a positive light at the front door. Because once you go in there, you're not in control of anything. Like even down to my name card, they kept putting build up under my name. Like I'm a subcontractor. I, I went in there and specifically told them that I managed the building processes for builders. Uh, you know, I was happy for them to call me a construction manager, which they, they didn't do. They just yep. put builder because it's quicker and easier. I remember Duncan and a few others had complaints about their occupation too. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dean Wells didn't like his. They they put something down that sort of was kind of like vaguely attributed to what he does for them. Yeah. So, yeah, like, again, you don't control your edit. You can't even control your own fucking name tag on the show. So, yeah, it just, it's just, yeah. My advice to the cast would be go in there and just be yourselves and just pray for the best because once it goes to the editing room floor, there's no telling how that show is going to go. Leave it at that. Thanks. <laughs> One more question. Yeah. One more question. No, I'm, I'm happy to keep going. You said you wanted to go 1.45, go. Yeah, I do have to bounce. All um, right. One last question. Yeah, go. you can ask me 100. I just, yeah. When the show's done filming and people come to you and tell you their side of the stories, that's obviously inevitably what this cast is going to do as well. They're going to say, oh, Ali, this didn't happen like this. This is what really went down between me and my partner. They didn't show this. They didn't show that. And then you start writing those stories. How do you write the stories without being able to fact check both sides? Because I'm sure that, and I know in my case, Bronte wasn't confirming things to you, but she was confirming things to Megan. No, she, she was coming to me. And this is my thing is I will always give both parties an opportunity to speak out and say what they have. But unfortunately for Bronte, your side of the argument was more valid. I'd go to, Bronte, what the fuck are these voice memos? Like, did you? <laughs> and then she's like, oh, she can't take accountability for it. I was downplaying a lot of things. I'd come to Bronte saying, hey, Harrison told me this. She, there was no argument on her side. Um, so I was like, okay, if you've got something or a story you want me to write about, I will happily tell your side of the story. But unfortunately for her is you had the better argument so well that was going to be my next question is the cast are obviously going to come to you and give you their side of the stories this year i will listen you'll listen i always do try and tell their story i will tell their story i've done um non-biased things for bronte and praising her but unfortunately for her the bad outdone the good Bronte messages me tomorrow and says, hey, Ali, I've got this cool story. I'll write it. It's not, and, but if another story comes out tomorrow about Bronte, it's, um, I will just write what I need to do. Like, I'm not picking, yeah, I don't have right? an agenda. It's business. It's not personal, yeah. it's business. Yeah. And she can say nasty things about me. I don't take that into account. I'm, I've got no agenda to try and sabotage other people or contestants. I will help people that help me. Yes, that's no secret. Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like you never asked me for dirt on other people. I feel like you were always just asking me for 
the context of my relationship. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty fair. Like other people have asked me for dirt. Other Every time I've done radio or magazines, they've always asked me for dirt. And then they've misrepresented things that I've said. Yeah. In an attempt to try and get clickbait and shit for themselves. You know, uh, yeah, they, they did that with you, with the whole who's faking their relationships and then yeah, yeah. they put words in your mouth. Yeah, but where I feel like you never did that, I feel like you were just like, hey, what happened here? You know, explain this episode of the show to me. What what didn't we see? More more just context, more just context about my relationship. So I, I suppose that's my next question is like, how do people get the most out of, if they come to you and say, this is what happened to me, how do they get the most out of that for the Daily Mail for themselves like, to, get, to get the truth out? Well, I'm happy to tell everybody's side of the truth and we can do that in various ways, interviews. Um... Where can they reach you? I'm on Instagram, Ollie is cool like, um, or just searching my name on Google. Coming up, like, yeah, you'll find me sitting outside the gutter <laughs> at the Sky Suites. And don't be afraid to say hello. I think that's that's you. sort of the big thing is you can say hello. But you know what, Melinda actually got told off by one of the producers for saying hello. I was literally saying hi, and one of them came out. They go, I, I saw you chatting to Ali. Don't do that again. <laughs> they told yeah. Alex and Molly. But then um, after the show comes out, everyone goes to their respective media outlets that they trust and get their story out anyway. So it's like. I'm not telling people to go rogue and talk to me. I'm just saying <laughs> say hello. And that's all you need to do is don't run away. I still shot. You every day got amazing sick photos of you riding your skateboard, <laughs> going out looking buff, showing off your biceps. That really you fixed some, my edit with the photos of me on the skateboard. It um, didn't, but you got some good content out there. You got some memories. Do you ever buy into the narratives of the story, or do you just no. take this, do you just take the show for? What I it think is? it's important for me to build those relationships with you. Say hi, get to meet the real Harrison um, before the I see the edit because sometimes. I, before I started watching Maps, I watched the edit and I don't believe what's real. And through all of this, I see who is real. It's like, okay. Who do you think out of the cast this year got unfairly edited? I feel unfairly edited probably Taylor. Mm. Agree. Is the main really bad edit. I feel like if we saw more of your edit, I mean, more footage from yours and Alyssa's, people would have a better understanding of what actually happened. I don't think you got a bad edit. I just feel like they didn't show. Yeah, I feel like with Alyssa, I feel like they showed what her issues were with Duncan in the relationship, but not why. Yeah. Look, it all boils down to the fact that the show doesn't give enough context. Yeah. And then the public don't care. They just watch the show and then they hate who they hate and they like who they like. It's, yeah. And unfortunately, you've all got your storyline producers who try and pick out the drama and pick out the best bits. I've often, I've often said that, um, and I've said this to Duncan as well, so I'm not talking out of school here. And again, really like Duncan as a guy, really like him as a friend. You know, I think he deserves, he, he, look, to be honest, I think the most accurate edit probably went to Duncan. Like he is a really nice guy in real life. Like I've got him saved in my phone as Dreamboat Duncan. Oh, like, nice. Yeah. If um, I don't have the ability to have children, but if I do, I'd want to be with Duncan. Yeah. Right. I'd want I'd want him to 
put babies inside. <laughs> but what one thing I will say is um, they could have cut a completely different uh, season of maps. Like imagine if they turned Duncan into the bad guy in the end. Yeah. And imagine if they showed Alyssa talking about, well, Duncan sent me a text message saying he wants to take me to this concert after final vows and then that didn't happen and he's inviting me to these things and then that didn't happen like he led me on into final vows that that could have very easily been a narrative for the show and it would have painted duncan in a really bad light like this guy that's just you know been prince charming all the way to the end and then boom drop the hammer and shown his true colors or whatever the you know Absolutely, I'm, I'm yeah. just giving an example of no, no, one possible yeah. storyline right yeah, yeah and the thing is that the public would have turned on him like ripped him apart now, do I think that would have been fair? I don't know. I'm just gathering information from what I was told about them, from them, about their relationship. But one thing I will say is the network could have cut a completely different season of maps for him and Alyssa would have come out of that looking like the the person that got played, like the victim, like people would have felt sorry for her instead of, you know what I mean, like tearing her apart. Absolutely. Online. There was a lot of heated and crazy arguments with, Melinda and Layden. That never got shown. That never got shown. Yeah. And I heard she stormed out more of more dinner pies nice. than she Bloody Bronte did. I can remember. She yeah. stormed out in front of Layton. Like so, threw her hands in there and said, I can't talk to you and stormed out. The couple swap. Like, they fucking couldn't even be in the same room together. Yeah. So that, like, that, and they're still, from, from what I hear, still like that. They're still, yeah. Layton's putting it on his story on Instagram. Oh, we, we have arguments. And oh, yeah. Still they're they're open about and, that. Yeah, um, like, I, like, uh, to be honest, I respect that. Um, not the relationship I would want, but I respect the fact that they're open about the fact that they don't have a perfect relationship. Like, I think that takes a big person to do that. Um, but yeah, like, again, that they will admit that they had a worse relationship than what was shown. Yeah, and, and that, that's it, what that's the whole point but of the this. The network is. didn't show it because they want to show a happy ever after kind of ending for them. Yeah. Yeah. Because they come back to reunion together and make sense to the storyline, blah 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 blah. And like Melinda has admitted it to me, where she said, "I really didn't know it could have gone either way." Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, for her, she knew yeah, her ending; yeah. he could have said no. But again, she told me that it was the year of the toxic male, and yeah, she kind of always felt protected by the edit in some sense. She so, even told me that about Bronte. She's like, "You're going to be the villain." Like Bronte's, I, none, I th- none of this is going to be shown. I think, yeah, could there, was there a time during filming where you could see that? Where you're like, it's very much boys versus girls. Uh, oh, no. You, you can't see it when That's, it's happening. You can't, when you watch an argument between two people go for an hour, you don't know which two minutes of that they're going to show on TV. True. So how could, no, nah, there's no way that I could have known. Yeah. And by how much of a psychopath Bronte acted at times, I was like, for sure this chick's going to get the edit. Like, surely she's going to be shown. I, I just thought, like, they had so much material on Bronte that for sure they would have to show her in at least somewhat of an accurate light, right? But they don't. Like, the the most we ever really see of Bronte is when we I get her the cupcake and then she goes into the other room and she just ref- she slams the door and refuses to talk to me. That was like... A weekly occurrence on the show until we got good and then it was like a daily occurrence after we weren't good anymore right after the couples retreat that was like nearly every day she would not talk to me unless it was a camera in the room or whatever she made a relationship nearly impossible so i thought i was saying to melinda when we did the couple swap 
I was like, surely they're going to show this shit. And she was like, I don't think so. She's like, I think you're all a villain, whether you like it or not. And she, like, funny enough, she actually gave me the advice. She's like, your best bet's probably just go to go to the media or Ali after the show. She said that. Love that. Yeah. She's like, just play the media. Just, you know, tell your story through the media. But she's like, on the show, I think you're cooked. And I'm like, I didn't believe it at the time, but I think she was right. Was that the best piece of advice you got on that couple of swap? As I've always said about Melinda, she is fiercely intelligent and she she's a very, very astute, I would say, student of the world and people, especially people. Like I saw a scene between her and Sandy where she pulled Sandy aside and she said to Sandy ahead of time, she's like, oh, Dan will come over in a minute because he won't want us talking. And like clockwork, he walked over and broke them up, tried to get to Sandy on his own. Yeah, I remember that. And I just thought, how did Melinda know that he was going to do that? Like, how did Melinda read that situation so well and predict his behavior? Like, I'm a big watcher of people's behavior. I'm a big predictor of behavior. And even that surprised me. But then then again, I think like a guy, right? So I think... I'm thinking, well, Dan better go over there because Melinda's going to try and poison the well. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking like a guy. Melinda's thinking like a girl. So, but again, like she's very, 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 very astute and very, very, very intelligent. And that's one thing I've always respected about her is um, is is that is that who she is as a person. And I I actually really liked her. I, like the few days we spent together, we got along quite well. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I like her. Yeah. She, I was probably, yeah, love this stuff. She's, I love that she's very funny and goofy, but people again didn't see that. She says she's funny. Yeah, yeah. she's actually very funny. Super like, funny. I remember um, one morning she came out wearing all Leighton's clothes and she's like, oh, well, Leighton's not here, so I'm just going to like represent for Leighton. And I was like, obviously she doesn't, like she wears quite tight-fitting, revealing clothing normally, right? Like, um Good for her. Like she wants to show off what she works hard for. That's sweet. And she she wouldn't want to do that with me in the room. And I like. And then she made it funny by wearing Leighton's clothes to yeah. cover herself up and be silly. And like that was really funny. I thought that was great. Like I, I have no problem with that. And then the fact that she was like even some of the tasks doing them as Leighton, like, mate, yeah. she made me laugh. Like we had a good time. We got along really well. So. No, I got along with a lot of the girls. I even I remember Evelyn before a dinner party um, was sitting down in the lobby with Lyndall and Evelyn goes, are we going to be friends tonight? And I was like, yeah, like if, you know, if you're friendly to me, I'll be friendly to you. This was like at the peak of me and Evelyn clashing heads, right? And then we went to the dinner party and, I don't know, something happened and some drama kicked off for about 10 minutes. But then the rest of the night, like we got along really well. I get along with Evelyn well now. I went to her screening. She's a lot of fun. So I just think like the show was definitely cherry-picked certain parts of our lives to show a very specific narrative and not a complete picture of who we are as people and our journeys. Which sucks, but they're going to make TV. Yeah, they're going to make TV and you've got to write stories, you know, and it's like a symbiotic relationship between you and the network, isn't it really? I think my advice for future reality stars is 
especially with the Daily Mail, don't be mad at me if there's one article you don't like. You just a lot of people that watch maps or you're read these gossip sites. You're just known as a love rap for a week, and then it'll blow yeah. over, and something else will come out. A lot of people have short attention spans, so you just have to move on. Do not let one article upset you, because if you go down that spiral of being upset over one article, and I admit that a lot of people get upset over one story, and then all right, talk soon. <laughs> I would just say that um, if I had only one article written about me and let me affect me, imagine I'd be a nervous wreck. That's um, right. Yeah, take the good with the bad, right? Absolutely. Okay. Cool, cool right. thanks. We have to wrap this. So I've got to get to boxing. So, Ali, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming in. Cool, thanks. Love you. Bye. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.